everybody, check it out. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to start a podcast. It has all the tools in one place that you need right from your phone or computer to edit and publish your podcast. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listing platforms such as Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. I'm using it right along with you. The Frankie Files. If you would like information on cults in the news, please join my new Substack. FrankieTees.substack.com. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 19 of The Frankie Files. I'm Frankie Teets. This one is going to be a journey about religious fervor around apocalypticism and basic propaganda presented by each church or religious cult to appeal to potential members. I'll be using a lot of sightings from literature to show how these crazy conspiracy theories have continued through time even to now. I'd like to say that unbelievable propaganda and apocalypticism are the original conspiracy theories used by religion for control and a lot of donations along the way. Okay, first, just a reminder to listen to my first author interview, Daniela M. Young, who was in the Children of God Religious Sex Cult and the Military deployed twice to Afghanistan, and our one-hour conversation was intense. Her insights were extremely impactful to me, and I review her book, which is totally worth the read. I got that advanced copy. Make a note of it. It's going to be released in September, so check out episode 18 when you get a chance. Also, if you can take the time to follow, download, and share the show, I'm in my first year and need all the word of mouth I can get if you are enjoying the content. The Frankie Files aims directly at cult survivors dedicating each fourth Tuesday to adults who were kids in a cult. There's so little just for us. That's one of my main focuses. But it's for those of you who want to understand what we went through also, Uh, as well as people in relationships with cult kids and parents whose families were separated by religious cults or a dangerous group. I'll be doing more timely integration of news and details on cults, including shorter interviews on Third Tuesday, so look for that. I'll get more complex as the show grows, and it requires time to do so. The second Tuesday is always focusing on sexuality related to surviving the things we did and recovery info, as well as opinions about society in relation to us. And that brings me to First Tuesday, this episode. First Tuesday focuses on mind control because there is no religious cult without mind control. The propaganda used to trick us into a variety of beliefs cannot get enough attention overall. Today, I'm going to compare and contrast the major beliefs in world religions in order to reveal their incredible similarities, repetitions, and overall scam intent. I will be using the book entitled All You Want to Know But Didn't Think You Could Ask, Religions, Cults, and Popular Beliefs. 
This simple to understand book attempts to give overall unbiased info on world beliefs written by two female religious study high school instructors, Jessica L.T. DeVega and Christine Ortega Garqui. As the authors say on this book, this book is an attempt to address the sort of questions that people have when learning about another religion for the first time. I think they do a pretty good job. Not that I'm going to cover everyone, but um, here are the religions and beliefs covered by the book. Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, Baha'i, Taoism, Shinto, Shamanism, Confucianism, Zoroastrianism, Rastafarianism, Orisha traditions, Neo-Paganism, Wicca, Druidism, Native American religion, Mormonism, Unitarian Universalism, Scientology, Anabaptist, Nation of Islam, Jehovah's Witness, Hare Krishna, Vampirism, Jediism, Divining, Astrology, Tarot, New Age Belief, Okay, and belief in paranormal and spirits, demonology and angelology, fandom, atheism, agnosticism, postmodernism, secular humanism, fundamentalism, religious violence, apocalypticism, charismatic leadership. All right, let's start off with doomsday. Doomsday is the ultimate in propaganda and dogma. It's been used in most religions in some way and it traces back as far as the history of man is known. The teachers in this book trace apocalypticism's largest growth during the political climate of Greek and Roman empires. Both empires were oppressive towards non-dominant religions, Judaism under Greeks, Judaism and Christianity under the Romans. Obedience was demanded of the empire. There is a requirement to renounce monotheistic belief and practices. Imperial kings interfered with the Temple of Jerusalem, placing pagan sacrifices throughout it. Apocalyptic literature is cosmic in scope, dualistic, eschatological, concerned with the end of this age, allegorical or symbolic, images or words standing in for others, people or things, revealed usually by a divine agent, angel or messianic figure, to quote the book, these veiled images and coded symbolic language apocalyptic authors were able to speak out the coming end of oppression and the inbreaking reign of God without fear or persecution by reigning governments. So it's political the way they worded it. There are multiple Jewish Christian apocalyptic literature from the Greco-Roman period to illustrate this. Later, the holy text of Islam known as the Quran emerged centuries later and share many apocalyptic features found in Judeo-Christian texts. The Quran speaks of a coming judgment and an end to the current age. The Mahdi is a figure who will usher in the final judgment. This is prominent among Shiites. But let's hover here for a moment. By speaking of the end of the world, they veiledly spoke of the end of the current reign without upsetting those current rulers. This gets to the root of why the doomsday theme is so predominant in all cults and religions. Fear is a great motivator. But you see, they weren't really speaking of the end of time. They were speaking of the end of the king's reign, and that wasn't allowed. So they 
enshrouded it in language about the end of time, but they knew nothing of a real end of times. No one knows about any end times. Let's get that out of the way. Believing in end times is to believe in a work of fiction, which has served to populate religion since long before the birth of Christ. It's a real motivator. In fact, it was already circulating among the masses before Christ. They spoke of Jesus and the Messiah who would be there in the world's end. When he died, they began to write some of the oral traditions which were circulating, since the impending apocalypse never happened. Tricky. Please note, though, no Bible, not any of the versions, were written while Jesus was alive. It was all written afterwards, and much of Christianity uses the same beliefs as Judaism. The whole continuity of beliefs and fables is based upon a single unbroken timeline. That is, Jews believe the world began, exists now, and one day it will end. This lies in contrast to Hindu or Buddhist beliefs in which time is an endless cycle of creation and destruction. Such a worldview means all human beings can draw inspiration and direction from past events. No one really knows the truth, though. That's part of the human condition. An amnesia, a lack of knowledge on our roots, our creator, and the mystery of death. And religion is here to exploit that to the absolute maximum. So first, the basis of religious propaganda is usually about time, death, and how that affects humanity. The Latter-day Saints were named for those Mormons who felt they were living in the last days, a Christian motif. The children of God, who are a Christian sex cult, also produced literature about God's end-time army. Christianity was legalized and they backed off of apocalypticism. But when Islam beliefs spread, Christians in Europe began to wonder if the new religion was a sign of the coming end of the world. Some used the final battle idea, which could be at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ in the Apocalypse of John, citing the millennium as the reign's end. A panic surged. In England and France especially, preachers, monks, and writers stoked this fear. Though there's no scholarly consensus on how great the level of panic was throughout other parts of Europe, some predicted the world would end in 992. One predicted that in 950 the world would end. Many feared it would end in the year 1000. The Frankie Files. How come I'm hearing Conan O'Brien? In the year 2000. Song here. But for 1000. In the year 1000. People thought the world would end again, just like during the time of Christ. But when it didn't, that didn't stop the concept from being a constant conspiracy theory. In Judaism, Kabbalistic mystics used astrology to predict the imminent arrival of the Messiah and the redemption of the Jewish people in texts such as Zohar. Zevi claimed to be the long-awaited Messiah anticipating the apocalypse in 1666. Let me guess, is it related to the 666 being the number of the beast? Muslims developed astrological-oriented apocalyptic writings, too. 
in 11th and 12th centuries in response to the Crusades and the Mongolian invasion. Did you know Christopher Columbus even got in on apocalypticism, calling himself the messenger of the new heaven and the new earth, when reflecting on his discovery of the Americas? Jonathan Edward in American Colonies brought the Great Awakening, claiming the world's end was soon to come. A farmer named William Miller convinced hundreds of people that the world would end in 1843 and 1844. October 22, 1844, predicted by Millerite preacher Samuel Snow, became known as the Great Disappointment. When the end did not come, thousands of people waited in vain. Similar things happened at the second millennium end. There was a renewed apocalyptic fervor. Jewish and Christian sects isolated themselves and prepared for the coming apocalypse. One was an offshoot of the Seventh-day Adventist group growing out of the 1800 Millerite movement. Believing David Koresh's expectations of Christ's return, Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas, secluded themselves inside a compound. Eventually facing off with the government, and over 80 people were killed in a standoff. The People's Temple in 1978 was a murder-suicide of 900 people, the leader saying we should choose our time and manner of death if they won't let us live as we want to. Heaven's Gate awaited a UFO following the Howie Bop Comet in 1997 and timed their mass suicide so they could get to heaven on the comet, resulting in 39 deaths. In the year 2000, the doomsday rants resurfaced, this time circling around computers. When the world didn't end, the focus of society turned to the Mayan calendar prediction that the world would end in 2012. Desperate, huh? But educators who interpreted the Mayan beliefs made clear they never believed it to mean the world's end. That was someone's interpretation. Scientology believes in a more star-studded story. Souls, called Thetans, are immortal and held back by engrams from current and past lives. Clearing them is a process and full liberation from its engrams on the bridge to total freedom. That's the name of their process takes the soul from pre-clear to operating Thetan. Jehovah's Witnesses believe that the end time is near and God will create his kingdom on earth. They believe earth is currently run by Satan. Obviously rooted in Christianity, they believe the spirit of Christ will return, not the body. They believe in God, not the Holy Trinity. And those who accept God will have their souls return to their body to live eternally in paradise here on earth. There are 7 million Jehovah's Witnesses. In Islam, the vision came to Muhammad of the angel Gabriel known as Jibril. God is one and all should bow to God's will. The word Islam means submit. One who submits to God's will is known as Muslim. Revelations to Muhammad became the Quran, detailing the rules of monotheism. Mecca is a Muslim city since 640 CE, that's common era. The Quran is above any other religious text and have the final authority. Muhammad is the one true prophet who, though illiterate, passed down visions he had in a cave while meditating on religion. God is the ruler over humanity and will judge us on resurrection day.
Hinduism dates back to 3000 BCE. Beliefs include one essence or God, Brahma, in many forms. Brahma sets the world in motion. Texts are the Vedas and the Upanishads. Hindus believe that time is eternal and reincarnation to planet Earth in various forms allows us to learn our lessons. The many deities of Brahma are facets of the god who is too huge to encounter directly. Texts are multiple fables on lessons and seeing the world as an illusion that it is. More than 80% of Indians are Hindu. About 800 million Hindus are worldwide. Sikhs are monotheistic like Muslim and believe in reincarnation like Hindus. Sikhs openly dismiss caste systems. Their goal is to cease the individual ego and cease the cycle of reincarnation to return to the one. The Baha'i faith traces its origins to an Iranian man named Sayyid Ali Muhammad. Unity and peace for all is the message he received. They believe in a long line of prophets, including Abraham, Moses, David, Zoroaster, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Baha'u'llah. Baha'i believes all religion comes from a single source. You can only access God through prophets sent to help. They believe prophets will be sent until the end of time. There are 7 million practicing Baha'i worldwide in the time of this book's publishing, which is 2012. Lao Tzu is believed to be the founder of Taoism. It is represented by the yin-yang symbol symbolizing that all things should be balanced in harmony and one cannot exist without the other. Lao Tzu believes there is no need to overcomplicate life with excessive rules. People are inherently good and government, religion, and other institutions only complicate people's lives, creating more problems. The Tao Te Ching was written by Tzu in 300 BC. Tao is the source of all non-being and being, is one of the main tenets. Nature must always return to a state of balance, and humans must allow that to occur. Most Taoists are in China, about 2.5 million. Let's talk about Rastafarianism. Marcus Garvey in 1930 began the Universal Negro Improvement to return people of African descent to their places of origin. He believed the crowning of Ethiopian Emperor Haile Selassie to be the beginning of the prophecy coming true. Garvey considered the emperor to be the Messiah. Rastafarianism refers to the name of the emperor before his crowning, Ras Tafari. Rastafarianism leans on Judeo-Christian teachings and believes that the white man's agenda should be denounced, including slavery. Rastas believe in Jah, the one true God, who is in everyone. Jah bestows revelations upon the faithful. Africans are descended from Israelites, sent into exile because of the color of their skin. Ethiopia is connected to Israel through the son of King Solomon and Queen of Sheba. Ethiopia is the promised land. Babylon is the physical representation of hell. Rastas believe in a legacy of prophets beginning with Moses. They use marijuana as a holy herb. The religion is patriarchal. Women do not take part in reasoning sessions. Birth control is prohibited, dreadlocks are worn to imitate Old Testament warriors, and are a symbol of political protest. Neopaganism, country folk who refused to convert to Christianity. Wicca and Druidism are neopagan traditions. 
Ancient Roman, Greek, and Egyptian religions are example of ancient pagan traditions. Ancient Chinese traditions that focus on earth and spirits have also been categorized as pagan faiths. Wiccan, holy days, are Sabbaths falling upon solstices and equinoxes. The pentacle or pentagram represents elements earth, air, water, fire, and spirit. Wiccans are witches, whether male or female. Incantations, prayers are used in ceremonies. Wiccans believe not harming others is the main tenet. Druidism goes back as far as 4000 BCE. Druids claim 30 plus deities, most related to nature, the sun, god, and fire, god being the most important. Druids respect nature and promote peaceful human interaction. The Frankie Files In Native American religions, all tribes have different practices, yet many share similar beliefs with indigenous religions. One such belief is that the views and ideology center around a way of life in tribal culture. Many rituals center around the land where the tribe has its roots. Many concepts are rooted in the belief that ancestors have been on each tribe's land as far back as time. Their beliefs are pantheistic, meaning that the divine is in nature and in all living things. Shamans serve as medical and spiritual leaders of tribes. They lead rituals such as coming of age and other significant occasions. The Hare Krishna, I-S-O-K-C-O-N, which stands for the International Society of Krishna Consciousness, is a spin-off from Hinduism but has its own beliefs. One, that Krishna is the divine creator and supreme being. Two, that you can convert to Krishnaism. And three, your birth class and stature are not a limit in life. You're free of the caste system that are observed in India. Divining and all its aspects all stem from the ability to predict the future. The cult I was raised in used these tools, astrology, tarot cards, and new age, which can include aura reading, numerology, crystal healing, crystal ball reading, psychic powers, etc. Spawned by the 19th century theosophy movement, New Age centers around the pursuit of divine wisdom through the union of the physical and metaphysical worlds. It was further influenced by 20th century psychology and went mainstream in the 70s. New Age religion contains aspects of monotheistic, polytheistic traditions and borrows from Islam, Buddhism, Taoism, and neo-paganism using psychology, physics, and natural healing. Beliefs are around the connection of body, mind, and spirit. New Agers believe using these practices will bring a cosmic shift in consciousness and bring about the New Age. Judaism believes that one personal God makes covenants with humankind, an idea which appears throughout the Hebrew Bible. Yahweh, the true name of God, was revealed to Moses at the burning bush. Too holy to pronounce, many Jewish use the word Adonai, to address God while reading text and scripture. Jewish religion set a precedent of men going to a retreat and having visions. Bringing back the word of God they heard, I'd like to add that Muslim, Rastafarianism, and many others believe this paradigm. It's very convincing and long-lasting. Judaism is believed by its members to exist since the beginning of the world. See Tanakh for that, or the Hebrew Bible. Christianity developed out of Judaism. It has roots dating back 2,000 years. 
It centers around Jesus, though information about the life of Jesus was not written down during his lifetime, in part because of this messianic expectation. Those who believed Jesus was the Messiah relied on oral rather than written communication to share their conviction, since they thought the end of the world was approaching fast, and spoken word could travel much faster than written. Hello, apocalypticism. When those who knew Jesus reached the end of their life, and the eschaton, the end of the world, did not come, believers began to collect stories of his life, teachings, and death into Gospels, Greek for good news. Eventually, Christians canonized only a few of these Gospels, giving final authority to four such books out of the many which were produced during the first few centuries of Christianity, dubbing them sacred texts. Only two of these tell of Jesus' birth, and they differ in many details. Some that they have in common is that Rome was persecuting births, and there is a Davidic connection to Jesus. Those are summarized, and they hint toward the messianic implication of Jesus' birth. The years of Jesus doing religious sermons to preach on the scriptures last only three years of his life. Jesus was killed not out of religious persecution, but for being a traitor to the Roman Empire. The style of crucifixion represents a political wrong being punished, which is that he was a traitor to the current rulers. It was to discourage others from following his lead, and a sign read, King of the Jews, which hung from the cross. Rome had a history of persecuting any who worshipped God or practiced religion during these times. All allegiance was to the Roman rulers, or there was death. Four different storytellers then speak of Jesus appearing to them after death, a sign of God's power over death, and that Jesus was the Messiah. As you can see, the stories were documented late, and there is a lot of spin placed on them. Pretty astounding for something so vague and poorly documented to be so unquestionably quoted and believed today. Question the spiritual significance of Jesus and see what reaction you get. But why not critically view the doctrines and fables of religion as what they are? Parables and stories which are propaganda and serve their purpose to use as weapons of control. All propaganda is about control. And it's time we all get the skills to question propaganda of any kind critically. It's a muscle that needs honing after a lifetime of dismissing things that just do not make sense. Agnostics believe that they do not know and cannot prove the existence of God or any divine being. The term agnostic was coined by T.H. Huxley to mean not knowing in the 1860s. This differs from atheists who believe God or supreme beings do not exist. Agnostics can be bunched in with atheists in polls and surveys as being unaffiliated with any religion. Well, count me in on that one. Not affiliated. As you can see, propaganda, fables, and spiritual dogma stories vary through time, but not by very much. Religious dogma wants to assert its knowledge of life and its assurance that it has all the answers to unanswerable questions. Religions center around the origins of humans on the planet, who reigns over us, who created us, how we should live in order to answer to the said creator, and how certain people and races may or may not interact with one another. 
In essence, with my survivor knowledge intact, I see religion, all religious doctrine, as guardrails of life. The guardrails are constructed with certain fabricated beliefs, such as Judaism must have males circumcised if they want to have secretive coven conversations with God, the Almighty. To be a Mormon, women must be married because you cannot access heaven or God without a man. A lot of times questioning authority and the propaganda being fed to us simply involved asking if it makes any sense. Since propaganda is created to sell an idea to a large body of human beings, it often does not make logical sense. For example, Hitler ideology. The idea that one race is pure above all others and that non-white races are polluting this one pure Aryan race. If this were true, why do so many types of races exist in humanity and on this planet? So often these beliefs run through religion. Systemic hate beliefs are peppered into religion very subtly to infer superiority, and religion has been used throughout time, too, to complete genocide and other needless acts of terror. Look at the truth, guys. It's been the end of time since the beginning of time. Yet, we're still here. Do you think, then, that it's time to question the validity of religious doctrines? All of them? Fundamentally? What I surmise is that much of religion is selling sexism, racism, better-thanism, and none of this is true. Humanity, like nature, is in a struggle for existence, an existential struggle to understand who we are and what our roots are, what our origins are, and subsequently where we go when we die. Since these are the biggest questions we have as humans, then these are the largest grifts. A guy comes along and says, like science fiction writer L. Ron Hubbard, for example, quote, I have the answers to everything, unquote. And he simply makes the answers up. Enough people believe the science fiction novel that he wrote, which is Dianetics, <laughs> I mean, religious doctrine, and millions of dollars later, nobody can shut them down. Because why? Because God is the largest propaganda machine of them all. God is the biggest grift on the planet. If you haven't faced that yet, you have some thinking to do. And there's plenty of reading material for you to back this reality up. Every Bible, every sacred document uses that cool, hinty religious propaganda language. The language of fiction. The language of fables and parables that lets you, the reader, draw their own conclusions. The language that hopes you, like millions of others, looks past those pesky, non-verifiable details and just believe that it's true. It asks you to suspend your disbelief. The language by and for believers. That's why now when someone asks me if I'm a believer, my reply is, believer of what? This episode was pretty thought-provoking for me to research alongside of all the world government propaganda I'm seeing on the news about war, gun violence, death, health, and the revision globally of how we live as a society. We need our critical thinking skills more than ever right now, guys. Check out FrankieFilesPodcast.com for more details. You can find out how to join my email list, 
Follow me on social media or contact me with comments on the podcast or how to have me as a guest on your show. Perhaps how to be a guest on my show. Contact me at frankiefilespodcast.com. Until next time. The Frankie Files.